This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Nakamarasmian with the news. First, the headlines. The teachers' all-out strike in Romania continues. The teachers' protests disrupt the rotation schedule of prime ministers at the helm of the Romanian government, and the German president continues his visit to Romania. The Romanian government met today in a special session to increase by 9% the salaries of the education non-teaching staff in response to the all-out strike in the education system started on Monday. The trade unionists request a 25% increase in all salaries in the education sector, including the teaching staff. And for beginner teachers, an average gross salary of 3,000 lei, the equivalent of about 600 euros. Instead, the government wants to give teachers only bonuses for their teaching career in June and October. The unions rejected the offer and announced that they would continue the protest. On Thursday, more than 10,000 teachers gathered in front of the government headquarters in downtown Bucharest. Protests were also held in other cities in the country. The power-sharing arrangement of the parties in the governing coalition in Bucharest is postponed until the resolution of the teachers' all-out strike, the Liberal Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuc announced. He was supposed to resign his mandate today to be taken over by the Social Democratic leader Marcel Ciolacu. In fact, Nicolae Ciuc made the announcement alongside Marcel Ciolacu and Kalaman Hunor from the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania, the third party in the ruling coalition in Romania. The Prime Minister Ciuco appealed to the reason of all teaching staff, telling them that the government cannot assume to unbalance the state budget by granting them the salary increases requested and that the discussions with the unions will continue. In turn, the head of the Social Democratic Party, Marcel Ciolacu, said that the decision is correct and that the teachers and employees in the healthcare system are a priority. Predictability and responsibility are needed. The leader of the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania, Kelemen Hunor, also said. The agreement between the Liberals and the Social Democrats stipulated that each of them would hold the position of Prime Minister for a year and a half. In the last few days, there have been discussions between the Liberals and the Social Democrats regarding the distribution of ministries in the future government. A general in the reserves, Nicolae Ciuca, was sworn in as Prime Minister in December 2021. The German president, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, is on the third day of his official visit to Romania. Today, in Timisoara, in the west, he will take a walk through Timisoara's old town. 
We'll go to the German high school and the Cetate Synagogue, and we'll visit a fine art exhibition as part of the program Timisoara, European Capital of Culture. The German official arrived last night in Timisoara, where he laid a wreath of flowers on the Heroes' Day at the crucifix in front of the Metropolitan Cathedral dedicated to the martyrs of the anti-communist revolution of December 1989 and participated in a symphony concert. Earlier, also on Thursday, Frank Walter Steinmeier visited Sibiu in the center. Romania participates in the Madrid Book Fair under the slogan Creating Good Chemistry with Romanian Literature. Until June 11th, Romania's stand will display numerous volumes signed by Romanian authors, including those translated in recent years into Spanish with the support of the Romanian Cultural Institute. The public has a wide range of activities to choose from, literary activities, book presentations, recitals, debates, roundtables, scientific workshops for children and autograph sessions. There will also be events promoting Romanian culture, especially contemporary culture. The Madrid Fair has reached its 82nd edition in 2023, marking nine decades of existence and it is one of the most important literary events of its kind in Europe. The Consumer Protection Authority announces that it has sanctioned eight other banks present in Romania with fines of 400,000 lei each, the equivalent of about 80,000 euros. The authority claims that it found irregularities regarding back loans in lei or foreign currency in the medium and long term with a repayment term of over 10 years. Inspectors with the Consumer Protection Authority say that the sanctioned banks would have cheated the customers because in the first years the rate was composed of 75% interest and of only a quarter of the principal to be repaid. The representatives of the Romanian Association of Banks claim that they respect the law and that they might challenge the sanctions in court. We'll be back with more after the news. And that's the news from Bucharest Radio Romania International. authorities issued a new wave of fines to lending institutions. I'm Cristina Mateescu with this report by Bogdan Matei. The Consumer Protection Authority in Romania has continued to penalize banks it accuses of unfair behavior towards their customers. On Thursday alone, eight more local banks were fined for deceptive commercial practices connected to the way in which they calculate credit rates for private persons. The inspectors said they found irregularities with respect to the loans in lay and hard currency with a 10-year period of repayment. The repayment chart showed that in the first years, customers would pay 25% of the main loan and 75% accounting in interest rates, which means customers mainly paid the interest rate. To restore the contractual balance, inspectors also proposed, apart from fines, that new repayment charts be published for both ongoing loans and future loans.
indicating that the loan be paid back by customers in equal amounts throughout the entire period of repayment. The eight banks fined include two owned by the Romanian state, Exim Bank and Czech Bank. The other six, which are privately owned, have small shares of the market. Procredit Bank, Intesa San Paolo, Tech Ventures Bank, Libra Bank, Garantee Bank and Vista Bank. They were each fined the equivalent of around 80,000 euros. The first wave of penalties levied by the Consumer Protection Authority occurred in mid-May, when 11 other banks were fined for similar irregularities, including big banks like ING, First Bank, Credit Europe, OTP, Alpha Bank, Banca Transylvania, Raiffeisen, BCR, Patria, Unicredit and BRD Group Societe Generale. Moreover, the Consumer Protection Authority referred the issue of what it described as the cartel-like attitude of some banks to the Competition Council. The president of the Consumer Protection Authority, Horia Constantinescu. Ne dăm seama că toată această situație ușor de prevăzut la momentul acordării creditului de către instituțiile We realized this situation, which was easy to predict the moment the loan was given by the banking and financial institutions, could have protected consumers who were told they were actually being done a favor by being offered an option for repaying the loan under conditions which I'm convinced they did not understand. The Romanian Association of Banks did not share the view of the Consumer Protection Authority, saying the calculation in question has been stipulated in the Romanian legislation from the first regulations of the lending activity. Bankers issued joint statements saying the defamation of lending institutions through erroneous and libelous accusation is abuse. The European Union extended its customs duty waiver for imports from Ukraine by one year. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this commentary written by Daniela Budu. In order to support Ukraine's economy severely hit by the Russian invasion, the EU trade ministers Thursday approved the Commission's proposal to extend by another year the trade facilities granted for Ukraine's exports. All import duties are therefore waived until June next year. By renewing the measure, the European Union continues to prove its unwavering political and economic support for Ukraine, Brussels explained and added that this form of support concurrently with the military, financial and humanitarian aid is vital for the country's long-term recovery. The European Commission said the further lifting of safeguard measures will help mitigate the difficult situation facing the Ukrainian producers and exporters following the Russian invasion. The measures apply to fruits and vegetables subjected to entry prices as well as agricultural products and processed products subject to tariff quotas. And because certain effects of this decision have a dramatic impact on several economic sectors in member states, the package also includes measures to support these sectors. The European Union leaders call for solidarity from the European society and argue that while EU countries are paying to help war hit Kyiv in money, Ukrainians are paying for this conflict caused by Moscow both financially and in human lives. 
The suspension of import duties triggered complaints from farmer associations in five EU member states, including Romania, on grounds of the unfair competition with the exports of grains from these countries, which are subject to duties and restrictions. The discontent culminated with the decision made by Poland and Hungary last month to ban certain grain imports from Ukraine. Moreover, earlier this week, several hundred farmers from EU countries neighboring Ukraine, Romania included, protested in Brussels, demanding measures to avoid the bankruptcy of thousands of European farmers. Romanian farmers, for instance, argued that traders and producers in the agri-food sector prefer the grains imported from Ukraine to the ones produced locally due to the lower prices. In this context, the European Commission approved an additional 100 million euros in aid for the farmers in the five most affected countries – Hungary, Poland, Bulgaria, Romania and Slovakia. Romania is set to receive nearly 30 million euros of the total amount. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget that you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Let's listen next to the hit of the day, a song called Next to Your Heart from Ioana Ignat. Am fost alături de tine Și atunci când nu ți-a fost bine De ce m-ai uitat când mi-a fost lumea mai dragă Nici nu mai știu ce ne leagă Nu renunța Nu pot să mă gândesc că vei pleca See 
RRI Special. Welcome everyone to a special RI program. I am Vlad Palku. The US ambassador to Bucharest this week traveled to Cluj-Napoca and the surrounding areas. Her visit was meant to reaffirm the extent of US engagement with Cluj County. On the sidelines of her visit, Ambassador Kvalek met with Cluj Mayor Emil Bok, visited the iLab business incubator of the Babesh Boyo University, and met with students, guests, and employees of the American Corner in Cluj-Napoca. The US ambassador also launched the We the People photographic exhibit, celebrating over 25 years of the US-Romania strategic partnership at the Museum of Art at Banfit Palace. A flagship cultural diplomacy project of the US embassy in partnership with public authorities, media partners and academia, the traveling exhibit is a thematic photo display which captures the human element that is critical to the successful bilateral relationship between our two states. The exhibit we see today, We the People, is a photo essay that celebrates and explores the diplomatic, security, economic and cultural relationship between the peoples of Romania and the United States. These pictures tell the story of our cooperation and the blessings of friendship and what two great nations can accomplish when working together, Kathleen Kavolik said in her opening address. In an interview to our colleague Andras Papzoko from Radio Romania Cluj-Napoca, Ambassador Kavolik described relations with Romania in the context of Russia's ongoing war of aggression against Ukraine. Well, first of all, in terms of our relationship with Romania, I believe that Romania has been a model ally within the alliance. Romania stepped up, particularly after the Russian invasion of Crimea in 2014, and recognized that the threats in the region were growing and began to invest in a more significant way in its defense and in its role within the alliance and increased its spending in defense under the Wales Pledge from up to 2.5% of GDP, which is beyond what the Wales Pledge requires. So I think Romania has really stepped up its cooperation with NATO and with the United States, and I think that it has contributed in a significant way to defense of Europe and also in its support for Ukraine. It's played an important role on the eastern flank, hosting U.S. troops. We now have over 3,000 U.S. troops in Romania, along with about 1,000 French troops and other multinational forces. So I think Romania has shown itself, I think, as Chairman Rogers from our Defense Committee in the U.S. Congress recently said, the backbone of the eastern flank. So I think we could not be more grateful for Romania's commitment and seriousness in the current moment. I think Romania will be hopefully well-placed to assist with the reconstruction of Ukraine. I think one of the things that's been exemplary about Romania's role in this period has been the way you have received and welcomed refugees from Ukraine. And I talked to them all over the country here. They have talked again and again about how welcoming Romanians have been, how helpful and how grateful they are. And I have to think that relationship 
between Ukraine and Romania will only improve uh, once the war is over because of all these great people-to-people -people ties and because of the assistance. Because you're a close neighbor, I think you will have many opportunities as well as many requests from the Ukrainians for assistance in reconstruction. And I think with Ukraine and both Ukraine and Moldova wanting to join the EU, I think such initiatives as the Three Seas Initiative to improve the infrastructure and the connections from the Black Sea up to the Baltic Sea will become even more important. On the sidelines of her visit to Cluj, Ambassador Kovalik also discussed Romania's energy needs and small nuclear reactor technology with Teofil Mureșan, CEO of E-Infra, partner of Nuclear Electrica and New Scale, who together will be launching the first SMR power plant in Romania to enhance the country's energy security. In this context, the US ambassador discussed vistas for furthering economic relations with a specific focus on small modular reactor technologies. I look at things from the perspective of someone who was here 15 years ago and when Romania was just joining the EU. And I know that since I was here, the number of U.S. companies here has doubled to 960 companies in the country with 110,000 jobs created and also that our trade has tripled to over $5 billion. So I think our relationship is headed in a growing direction. On the small modular reactors, it's a, a game-changing investment and development. In actually, recently, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission approved the design. I think it was in February 21st of this year. They approved the design of the small modular reactor, and this is, I think, the seventh or eighth design of nuclear reactors that has been approved by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and the first new design of this scale. So it has been approved and we are building the same type of reactor in the United States. I think that Romania is well placed with your experience in nuclear energy, with your ability, your energy diversification that you already have done here in this country. Unlike some other countries in Europe, your energy is much more diversified and you are also much more self-sufficient than many other countries with the range of assets that you have. And I think nuclear energy, which is now seeing a resurgence around the world because of concerns about the environment, because of efforts on decarbonization, I think nuclear energy, a new type of nuclear energy of new reactors that are safer, more scalable, we're going to see these all around the world. So I think Romania is well poised to be a leader in this. Also, in terms of potentially training engineers, you already have a strong core of experts in nuclear energy, and you, as starting out in this area, you may well become a center for training for this type of technology in Europe. One of the attractive things about small modular reactors is that they include a fully passive safety system. And this is something I encourage everyone to learn about the technology I have uh, had to learn. I'm not a nuclear expert, but as I've learned, 
you know, the engineers have taken the lessons from Chernobyl, the lessons from Fukushima, to create a system that does not require electricity to shut down if there is a problem, and it can shut down on its own and do it on a passive basis. And so that's a huge advance in terms of safety. I think the disposal issues are similar to other types of nuclear technology. It's something that those who use the technology have to plan for. Nuclear waste has to be stored in a certain way, and countries have all made different decisions about how to do that. But yes, that must be included in the planning in a way that is as safe as possible. There is much Romania could benefit from U.S. expertise in the field of education and research, Ambassador Kavalik also argued. We're always open, I think, to cultural exchange, but of course our education systems are very different, the way they're organized. I think the most likely area for cooperation is at the level of higher education, and we support that through programs like Fulbright exchange programs, through other types of exchanges. I think that, you know, every education system has its challenges, and I know that Romania is now considering a new education bill and with the laudable goal of improving the system. I know that you're also trying to join the OECD, which provides a lot of assistance on improving, measuring the quality of education and helping to improve it, so that's probably another pathway, but certainly... We're open to exchanges if there's interest on, you know, how our system works, but just with the caveat that systems are very different, so uh, one has to take that into account as well. I would just point to the Fulbright program as kind of our premier cultural or educational exchange program, which sends uh, scholars in both directions, brings Americans here to Romania and sends Romanians to the United States. And in the United States, Romanians can engage in research in a number of areas in whatever area they choose to study. The other thing I think that we see in the United States, and I expect we'll see more here in Romania, is that a lot of research dollars, while coming from the state, from the U.S. government, there's also research companies, big companies invest in research as well. So I think that will be another avenue to uh, explore in terms of identifying uh, more dollars for research. That was U.S. Ambassador in Romania, Her Excellency Kathleen Kavolek, wrapping up today's special program. I'm Vlad Palku. Thanks for listening. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Sports Weekend with me, Eugen Nasta. The European Rowing Championships are underway in Bled, Slovenia. Qualifiers have been scheduled for Thursday and Friday. Several Romanian rowers who competed on Thursday have secured their direct qualification to the finals. Among them, the Romanian women's double skulls, four skulls, and women's spare crews secured their qualification. Joining them was Jonela Kozmiuk in the lightweight women's single skulls. Also competing in the final are Romanian men's quadruple skulls and coxed eight crews. 
In newsroom men's basketball, title holders Ubiti Cluj-Napoca on aggregate have a 3-2 lead in the final of the championship's ongoing edition. Ubiti Cluj-Napoca play CSM CSU Oradea. On Thursday, Cluj grabbed a 81-62 win against Oradea. Ubiti Cluj-Napoca need only one win if they want to grab the title. It would be the eighth title in the club's history and the third title in a row. The final is being played according to the best-in-seven-game system. The sixth of the seven matches is scheduled in Cluj-Napoca's multipurpose sports hall this coming Sunday. In news from volleyball, both women's and men's matches counting towards the Golden League European competition kick-start later this week. Romanian women's national team plays its debut game against Slovakia in Pitești in the south. Then the national squad play an away match against the Czech Republic on June the 3rd. Also in Pitești, the return leg against the Czech Republic is scheduled on June the 8th. The Romanian women's national team's last fixture is an away confrontation against Slovakia on June the 17th. The men's national squad this coming Saturday play Portugal away from home. Also away from home are the games against Denmark and Turkey on May the 31st and June the 4th, respectively. Romania's last three fixtures are scheduled on home court in Brasov on June the 10th against Turkey, on June the 14th against Denmark and against Portugal on June the 18th. Group 1 closing matches counting towards the Romanian Football Super League's 10th round are played at the weekend. On Saturday on the National Arena in Bucharest, FCSB play Rapid Bucharest. On Sunday, CFR Cluj plays a home game against Faro Constanza, while in Craiova, in the south, the local team Universitata plays Shepsis Fondu Gheorghe. Faro Constanza and FCSB have already secured the top and the runner-up position, respectively. The fight is only open for the third place, which secures a position in the Conference League's playoffs. In this fight, Cluj are two points clear of Craiova. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.io and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in the program, here is Music Highlights. I'm Eugen Nasta. We have made a fine choice of pieces for today to pay tribute to choir conductor, the late maestro Vojko Anakescu. To begin with, here is a famous song from the repertoire of the Prelude Chamber Choir, conducted by Vojko Anakescu.
You're next invited to listen to an original work by Felicia Donciano, lyrics by Mihai Eminescu. Loiko Anakescu is again the conductor of the Prelude Chamber Choir. Next stop in the program, here's a fine piece by Renaissance composer Thomas Morley. Now is the month of Maying, and again performed by the Prelude Chamber Choir, conducted by the late Vojko Enakescu. Oh, my God. 
The Prelude Chamber Choir was initially a student's choir. From their vast repertoire and to conclude today's music highlights, we have selected Orlando de Lasso's madrigal, Matona Mia Cara. Living Romania. Coming up next in this broadcast, stay tuned for Artscape. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Artscape. I'm Cristina Matescu and today we will be having a glimpse into the world of Romanian design, focusing specifically on two events one held at home in Bucharest, the other in New York. So stay tuned. Let's begin in New York, which played host to an international and multidisciplinary exhibition called Eco-Solidarity, initiated by the European Union National Institutes for Culture in collaboration with Wanted Design Manhattan and showcased as part of the International Contemporary Furniture Fair held at New York's Javits Center between the 21st and the 23rd of May. Romania's contribution to the project, 
comes from the architects Marias Gurcia and Pepe Peralta Guerrero, two members of FOR, a Timisoara-based platform for innovation in design and architecture. They join designers from Belgium, the Czech Republic, Germany, Lithuania, Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Ukraine in a group exhibition that seeks to re-examine the role of designers and architects in the contemporary world. In offering solutions to the problems faced by communities and people displaced by war, violence and natural disasters, from exploring ways to improve urban domestic infrastructures to preserving and restoring natural habitats, protecting the health and well-being of people and accommodating displacement of the most vulnerable members of the community. The Romanian entry consisted in a series of DIY objects made up of upcycled materials, primarily aluminium foil, which is so commonly used as first aid blankets. The objects are designed so as to be easily adapted into waterproof recipients for clothes, food or personal papers, raincoats that could be easily spotted from a distance, or even stickers with vital information such as blood type or allergies the wearer of the coat may be suffering from. The aim is to show how design can provide refugees with a feeling of normality by means of innovative and easy-to-implement solutions. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Innovation, collaboration and sustainability were also the buzzwords of the Romanian Design Week, the biggest festival in Romania dedicated to the creative industries, and which was now in its 11th year. Divided into four main sections, namely architecture, graphic design, fashion and multidisciplinary, the event brought together a host of Romanian designers as well as international guests, with scores of workshops and exhibitions being hosted around the city between the 12th and the 28th of May. For this second part of the show, we'll introduce you to two of the British designers who came to Romania as part of a programme run by the British Council and entitled Circular Catalysts, which paired five British designers with five Romanian designers and took them around the country for a first-hand experience of Romanian traditional crafts. The result of the field trips were on display in an exhibition in Bucharest. We were foraging dye plants from the hills and the forests, really seeing it as sort of a chance to not having any sort of set plan, just seeing what we could gather, what had fallen from the trees, um, what was available at this time of year. I didn't know exactly what they'd be. So yeah, we just foraged a whole bunch of uh, plant materials, um, took them back to the villa and then spent two days creating dyes. With some really successful results, we managed to make some beautiful colours and started to dye some materials and some wool from the spinning mill that we'd been to. And then this was all kind of working towards creating a, a set of objects that kind of could illustrate both um, our time there, but also um, the history of the villa. A community event was then held at the end of the stay in Kampulung. Anushka Cole explains. We invited all the community to sort of work on a shared uh, long tablecloth, working with the wool that we dyed. Uh, then they were also creating their own textile prints from leaves in the garden um, and all stitching onto this beautiful sort of really long tablecloth that kind of showed the idea of collaborative making and uh, sort of working hands-on in a tangible way, but sort of maybe thinking and questioning sort of what you were working with. So yeah, it was a very, very inspirational good week my brain is now full of ideas and it was it was just really great to see get a f more of a feel for sort of rural Romania 
the crafts that you guys have here and the differences, but then also the similarities that we all sort of share everywhere you go. You know, there's, there's similar stories and narratives that can be sort of woven together. While well aware of the inherent conflict that exists between design and sustainability, Anushka Cole does see a way forward. The notion of being a designer and sustainable is a really like the two really hard concepts to come together. The minute you make something, you're 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 essentially creating waste, or you know everything has an environmental implication. So the first way I got into it was by working with waste and starting to think, okay, how can I minimize everything I'm doing if it's working with waste that people don't want anymore? That that's kind of an easy route into this kind of way of working. And organic waste really struck me as an area of interest rather than I guess sort of plastic waste and um, things like that and um, I think it's really important that we still have our sort of tangible making skills and obviously products are vital we use them every single day but that's it and it's just I think it's just really questioning what our products are and where they come from the route that they've sort of gone through to get to us. Knowing and understanding traditions and the way things are made are also essential to a more sustainable way of living. I've always thought as much as we move forward and we sort of challenging and questioning and creating new concepts of what design can be, it's really vital to look back as well and look to your traditional craftsmen and women and understand where making has come from and this this melting pot for both. I think that's really a really interesting area and to engage different generations within these subjects, creating that connection and making sure that you're not just creating new products for young people but sort of bringing bringing the loop together and yeah not not forgetting that these uh, rural crafts are really important and these tangible skills shouldn't be lost they there's so much room for them when we start talking about sustainability and resource use sort of moving forward if you start looking to people that have been working with limited resources in the first place then there's some there's some really interesting developments that can come from that Lola Lely is an artist and designer who employs traditional techniques to create distinctive works. Together with Romanian architect Teodor Frolu, she embarked on a trip to the Danube Delta to find out more about the local crafts of this unique region. Lola Lely told the Romanian Design Week talks more about her trip to the Danube Delta, describing it as a mind-blowing experience. First two days was a deep dive into the Danube Delta. It was really fascinating. I had no preconceptions about uh, you know Romania or where I was going sometimes I quite like to sort of know less and to really put myself in the position and and absorb um, so that was really fascinating in terms of first of all I mean the weather we had four seasons in one day at one point um, but also you know traveling you know down the river and and just observing all of the flora and fauna um, and then stopping at certain villages, you know, absorbing the culture and, and, and the way of life. As a designer, I think that is really important, again, to do these field trips, um, to really get context about what is happening in terms of, you know, when we're talking about circular catalyst and, and circular design, we really do need to understand how the ecosystem works and, you know, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities. So it's been a real kind of like mind-blowing experience. As a designer, Lola Lelil says, one also has to be a bit like an anthropologist to understand not only the process that goes into making objects, but also people's connection to them. There's a lot about design 
is about kind of having connection, some sort of uh, being a bit of an anthropologist a bit, you know, understanding the emotional interaction people have with objects and, and why some objects just completely become useless or obsolete because people really didn't think about, you know, that object and what it was, whether it was needed or what, what relationship it had with people in their lives. So I always thought that there was a different way of working. And as a designer, you know, you don't have to be so passive. It's not just about creating. It really is about having some sort of observation. From Bucharest, the exhibition Circular Catalysts is also travelling to the western Romanian city of Timisoara, this year's capital of culture, and to the UK. And that's all in Artscape today. Until next time, from me, Cristina Mateescu, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with me, Eugen Nasta. You are invited to listen to Yonel, Yonelule, an evergreen performed by one of Romania's most accomplished interwar vocalists, Petra Alexandru. Când se duce luna la culcare Cine îmi stă bea prin cârciumioare Și în fiecare dimineață Cine îmi stă cu felinar în brațe Este Ionel, fată norocul Care vrea ca să-și înnece focul Focul care-i frige-i dimioara Fiindcă nu-l iubește mărioara Ionel, Ionelule Mai bea băiatule, Ione, Ionelule, fiindcă te râd fetele. Ce-ai găsit, Ionel, la mărioara, că ți-a pus pe flăcări inimioara, pentru ce să plângi tu, măi băiete, Când pământul este plin de fete, Dacă vrei să uiți de mărioara, Hai pe când cu mine într-o seară, Să culegem albe floricele, Să visăm sub lună și sub stele. Ionel, Ionelule, nu mai bea băiatule, Ionel, Ionelule, fiindcă te râd fetele. Ce în vintor lăcrămioare Astea nu sunt șprițuri de uitare Amândouă când se întâlnesc Tot de mărioara îți vorbesc Dragostea în veție nu-i uitată Că două mărioare vezi deodată Lasă vinul să se oțetească Și pe mărioara se iubească Ionel, Ionel, Lulei, nu mai bea băiatul lei, Ionel, Ionel, Lulei, fiindcă
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.